We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is up? Welcome to another episode of BuzzBeat. Um, I've been in hibernation, but it's because I've been storing up for this night, uh, which I think is a very special night. Uh, we will see Hornets with the, the best chance since 2012 uh, to land a true franchise changer. BG is here with me. We're going to talk about and react to everything lottery tonight. Before we uh, kind of get into the talking points here, BG, what's going on, man? Long time. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Um, I'm doing well. This is a big night for the Hornets. One that uh, you know, I know everyone in Hornets land has had circled on the calendar since uh, maybe last October. <laughs> you know, somewhere in those whereabouts, if not maybe even a little bit longer. But no, I'm doing well. I've been enjoying the playoffs. You know, sitting back watching a fair amount of those games and. Uh, I've also been kind of enjoying draft prep and uh, keeping an eye out um, on the transfer portal. So still, even though, you know, we're middle of May, still kind of lots of stuff going on basketball wise um, in the NBA world uh, outside of uh, just the playoffs. But how about you? How are things going, Spencer? Man, good. Good. Can't complain at all. Yeah. Been enjoying, you know, the playoffs here. I think, uh, <laughs> it's been full of surprises. Kind of feels like the craziest playoffs we've had in a while, which is not surprising because the regular season kind of suggested we we should be ready for that. Um, but I am I'm really excited about this uh about this Nuggets Lakers series. I could see the Nuggets winning like four one, and I could also see it going seven games. But yeah, um, you know, I no, I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed the postseason, and I'm really excited for tonight. I mean, I I the Hornets are gonna get a good pick pretty much irregardless. And again, I mean, it's the best chance they've had since 12, you know, to land that number one pick. And it just happens to be the year where uh, conventional wisdom tells you this is the best prospect that we've seen. I don't know since, is it, what do you think? Since LeBron? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, it does feel like we do make some of those comps. Like we do gloss over like, you know, AD in 2012 and Zion in 2019. Mm -hmm. Like there was, there was mania around Zion in, in 2019 and, and like when he's been able to play on the court he, in his NBA career, he's been 
you know, an all NBA caliber guy. I know availability has been the, the concern for him, but no, I mean, I do think it, it's certainly like in the conversation for it, if not perhaps the, the likely candidate for that. But yeah, I would say yeah. safely in the, the top three since LeBron. And obviously like Wimben Yama is a guy that's been a known commodity for casual, I would say even sort of like casual fans or like more committed NBA fans, but that don't pay attention to the draft for at least, mm-hmm. you know, six, seven months now. And if you pay attention to the draft, you've known about Wembenyama for at least two years, if not, if not longer than that. So this has been kind of a long time coming and it's not just Victor Wembenyama, right? Like there are some other right. really, really, really appealing players at the top end of this draft, in, including some guys or in, in, in my opinion, a guy uh, in Scoot Henderson that in a normal year, would be would be an awesome number one pick you know <laughs> like like so then the hornets are you know they have a a 12.2% chance of of the number one the number two pick and back in october lee and i did a podcast about Wembenyama and we did one about Scoot Henderson too and in that we forecasted some of the ways we kind of like the fit the potential fit between Scoot and in LaMelo even if there is you could see there being some overlap or some you know positional uh awkwardness but uh, i just think scoot as the the advantage creator the instant advantage creator next to lamello shooting and passing and connecting like i actually think those guys would, would would blend pretty well if you could if you could figure out you know assuming you know, scoot develops but and you, and you could sort of like figure out the the hierarchy um within the as both those guys develop so yeah, I, I mean, I would say this is the most anticipated draft in at least four or five years, and in, in among them of the last couple of couple of decades. And certainly, Victor Wembanyama is uh, the reason because of that. And in ESPN, you know, has really gotten around this guy in a way that I don't think they've done with an international prospect before, including even Doncic like five years ago. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think I would. You know, the, the Doncic uh, wagon arrived late, you know, and, um, yeah. you know, he, I don't know, BG, I, I think Don, Doncic was more of like your your prototypical European prospects, if you will. Um, and it feels like we're kind of past that now, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like, I think, I think if, if Luca was in this draft, the same narrative would not exist. I mean, that's a different conversation, but that, that's the kind of the way just I read, all of this. I mean, I think Luca was the the, the final um, nail in the coffin to like we're not we just don't look at European prospects like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we have more info. The game is played differently. You know, offense is, in my opinion, valued much higher than than even when Luca was drafted. I, I know that wasn't that long ago, but um, before we uh, jump in, because I know we want to talk about a lot here before we get going, just a few housekeeping things here. Uh, so everybody's on the same page. If you're joining in and you're not exactly sure, you know, where the Hornets stand going into tonight, their lottery chances to have a top four pick are 48%. So basically a coin flip to be in the top four. Uh, you can cut, it's probably a pretty safe bet. <laughs> 12.5% to get the top overall pick. The highest they can select is number one. The lowest they can select is eight. Mark Williams. Will be there uh, representing the Hornets tonight, which I think is awesome. Not that it's a shocker that this franchise should uh, prioritize him, but it's really nice coming off the rookie season that he had. And I would say 
Uh, not enough accolades yeah. nationally. Also, not a surprise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not enough accolades nationally. I think it's because he came on late. What a season he had! So glad to see he's there representing the team tonight. So yeah, and then here, let's present this to you, BG. At what point in this lottery do you start to get a little nervous? Um, like in terms of like where the Hornets pick might land and you know, who would, who would be there? Is that, is that what you're, let's, let's say the Hornets get unlucky and they <laughs> land at six, yeah. seven, five. Like what's the pick where you're like, Oh no, yes. we missed, we missed on this draft. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think once you get, like, I feel pretty good about the top. I would like anyone that's going to be in their range to an extent, but it's like, I do think in terms of finding a, you know, difference maker, a real, real sort of franchise altering difference maker. I think of Victor as one scoot in his own tier as two, then probably uh, the Thompson twins, Miller, Whitmore, Walker, uh, Jairus Walker out, out of Houston. But I would be pretty happy with any of those guys. I think all of those guys are, you know, big time prospects and guys that can start and be real good players in the NBA for a long time. But I think once I got beyond maybe five is when I'd sort of start to think that I'm, I'm, I'm losing some all-star equity potentially in terms of the, which is that's I think normal in, in a lot of, in a lot of drafts, but um, I would still be pretty intrigued because like there's, or I would still be pretty excited because there's a very, very good chance you're you're going to get. I mean, I don't think Brandon Miller is going to fall to like five or six or whatever, but Cam Whitmore could certainly be there. Jarris Walker could certainly be there. Even I could even see Asar Thompson potentially being there still. So there's still some. There would still be some really awesome players and guys that would fit within the Hornets and what they're doing. Um, so I don't think I would. I would be you know, a little nervous, but still feeling like very confident the team is about to acquire a, a really nice player in a draft where they have a bunch of picks, right? Um, including including two in the first round. I would also like to mention just real quickly, Matt Strand in the comments mentioning Scoot and LaMelo backcourt would be a big defensive liability. You're not wrong, Matt. Uh, those are two, um, you know, we, we've talked plenty about uh, LaMelo's shaky point of attack defense. Scoot Henderson, I think, has the ability to be a good point of attack defender. We just didn't see it all that much with G League Ignite. So you'd really need a defensive wing and, and an anchor like Mark Williams. But I, I would still want the talent and the offensive firepower, even if it co- even if it's going to like sort of handicap how you're constructing a defense around those guys uh, going forward. And we'll, we may have more time to talk about LaMelo and Scoot later on if in fact that is you know the pick for the hornets which remains to be seen for a bunch of reasons we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, fair enough. So it looks like we're going to get going here soon. Um, so we'll kind of react. Uh, and I know it, it will move very quickly. BG, any last like, do you have a prayer that we can say? <laughs> or do you like any, are you lighting some incense in your house? Like, yeah. What's the, uh, what's the method right now? I, um, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't do anything like for good luck today, actually. I kind of thought maybe I'd, I'd have like a, I'd eat like the pregame meal that I had for high school basketball games back in the day, but yeah. All right. um, I, like it. I ended up not doing a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So if uh, <laughs> don't get if the Hornets don't get Victor Wembanyama, you can uh, you can blame me. But yeah, no, I I avoid um, for better or for worse. I avoided uh, superstitions and you know good luck charms uh, today for for uh, for the Hornets and potentially even one pick. I, I tried to uh, – I haven't eaten yet. I, I mean, I, I tried to talk my son into, um, you know, try to teach him the word Wimby tonight, you know, as he ate dinner or whatever. But he just he just told me cocoa melon over and over again. So, <laughs> so that's that's kind of uh, – yeah, uh, good sign or bad sign. That, that's what we got. So, um, Mark Tatum in the house. I, I don't know how synced up our feeds are, Spencer, so we can maybe be a, a little patient with one another reacting here. But – Sure. Uh, the 14th pick coming in. It looks like Mark Tatum's rambling. Pelicans, as okay. expected. Right. Pelicans get pick 14. Da- David Griffin not looking thrilled about that one. 13. Also to par, yeah, Toronto. Toronto. It's an interesting pick for them. Um, interesting offseason for the Raptors. Okay, see, we're still on par here. Yep, yep. they were. T- I think tied with Chicago for uh, yeah for lotto odds there. Hmm. Oh, oh, oh no. wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So that's Chicago that goes to Orlando. Yes, right? correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah that's sorry. the part of the the Carter Vucevic trade. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Oh Dallas. wow! Okay. Oh wow! No surprises here. But Dallas keep yeah, and Dallas keeps the pick but too. So Dallas keeps the pick. Late season, top ten protected, yeah, right? Their late season tank. It uh. Wow. It worked. Wow. Whew. <laughs> oh, that's fortunate for them, man. Yeah, Utah. Yeah. Okay. Colin Sexton looks thrilled to be there. A pick eight. This better not be the Hornets. All right, so we've got nothing Zards. but chalk so far. Yeah, Zards drafting, doing the Hornets thing of drafting eight through twelve every year. It's our move. Seven Pacers, Pacers. still chalk. I I'm, right. I'm intrigued to see who the Pacers are. They're cooking with something there, and you could end up with Whitmore or Jarris Walker there. I mean, that's that could be a nice pick for Indiana. Orlando, we're nothing but chalk so far. So we're officially cooking with gas. Yeah. Actually, after this next one, we're cooking with gas. Yeah, this is the this is actually a big one here. Yeah. Pick yes. five pistons. 
Oh wow, Detroit! Oh, oh wow, they oh, man, Detroit oh, slid oh, oh. all the way to five. Oh, Ben Wallace looking good in the bomber jacket, but not thrilled uh, to have slipped to five. Oh, that's oh a huge. My. Wow, that's big. Huge result. That's really, really big. So the Blazers moved from outside the top four to in the top uh, four. That's the biggest move so, of the night in the the Hornets staying alive here. So we have Houston, San Antonio, oh. Portland, and Charlotte. This is big, man. I mean, you got to be devastated for the Pistons. They were so bad this season. They basically sat. You know, they basically sat Cade Cunningham, who got hurt. He missed the majority of the season. The Pistons have a lot of really good young players. Like I'm bullish on Jaden Ivey. I thought he had an awesome, awesome rookie season. I, I'm still a believer in um in, in Kate Cunningham. So, you know, they're not like lacking for like good young talent, but certainly they were thinking like one more, you know, a uh, big swing in the top three of the draft would uh would probably set him over the top. And um, if I'm not mistaken, they're still looking for a coach, right? Like they don't. I don't think they've replaced Dwayne Casey yet, unless I unless I missed a a hire. No, no, they're they're no, they're still interviewing. Um, yeah, I, I can't say I know a ton about yeah. it, but I, I know they've brought in quite a few guys already. Yeah, um, yeah. You know the ceremonial Kenny Atkinson will, will interview for that <laughs> job, I'm sure. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> let's just say I wasn't I wasn't feeling too bad to see him get knocked out of the uh, the playoffs. Um, I get why Kenny Atkinson made his decision uh, this uh, you know eleven months ago, but I'm I'm allowed to hold a small grudge. Uh, oh, of course, it, you know, I, yeah. Upon reflection, and the, the farther you get removed from that, it's like I, I'm not even saying that I blame the guy for the decision he made, but don't don't. Don't make a decision that yeah. big, yeah, and then unmake the decision. Yeah. Like I, I don't. Know. It's a pretty, the, the, it's pretty bad luck. The Golden State with, yeah, the yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. and I mean, look, he ended up getting another title, and you know, he gets continues to coach an awesome team. So it's live in San Francisco. It's not a bad deal. Um, AJ uh, Shahan in the Shahin in the uh, chat saying, "I'm so scared right now." That's a thought that I'm guessing <laughs> a lot of. Uh, Hornets fans are feeling at the moment, and uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of glad we just like my biggest fear. I think BG, which is why I presented that question to you right before it started, was not getting into the top, top four. four. So I feel like already like we I, I've I've cut a layer of skin off. Yeah, um, Th- this you know. this puts them in the range where you know it's going to be Victor. I do feel confident in some you know the order of Victor Scoot Miller. I, I that would not be I. I I don't think I would have Miller three. I think I'd have Amen Thompson three. But like this does put the Hornets in range to get, you know, one of the Thompson twins, uh, Cam Whitmore, uh, Jairus Walker, Brandon Miller, if he fell to four. So we're talking some I mean, some really big time prospects, it, you know, that are going to be in Charlotte's Charlotte's range here. Uh, like instant impact. Yeah. P- player. Yeah. Even I, if we come up. Next, I could right? see. Like, I could see Amen Thompson, even though he's a little older. For a prospect, I could see him taking like a year because he's a, he's pretty raw. But his talent and his athleticism and uh, his upside as a creator and a defender is something that really really pops and is really really intriguing. It would certainly fit within the picture of what Charlotte is trying to build. So hypothetically, if he's the pick at four, I, w- I would be pretty excited about that uh, for the Hornets uh, moving forward. Hey, putting him in a young core with Lamelo, PJ Washington, Mark Williams, 
uh, you know, if, if you want to include guy, someone like Cody Martin still in that mix, um, or you know, uh, um, Bryce McGowan's, etc. Like, you're there's some and plus plenty of other picks in the draft. Like, it's a it's, yeah. it's something nice to work with for the Hornets. And yeah, again, I mean, if you're a Pistons fan, this is just pretty devastating. <laughs> like, to have a 14 percent chance at one and fall to five is uh, that's um, pretty brutal. And you know, it really highlights how much of a whiff the left-handed point guard from France. Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes. How much, like, you know, if they landed that one, they'd be in such a different place. But now, picking five instead of one or two, (laughs) like, man, you know, they got Kate Cunningham, which is great, but they have nothing to show for that Killian Hayes draft. Yeah, and I like him. That, I mean, he he perked up for like a little bit this season. He had like like a three week stretch where he was playing defense and hitting shots. But it does feel like he's going to have to like be redrafted and try to like figure it out. Starting yeah, with the defense, he needs a new home. they also have Jalen yeah. Duran, who's a really nice you know young center prospect too. So again, you know, we're not feeling too bad, and they have James Wiseman now too. Um, all right, here we Rockets go. Rockets at four. Rockets at four. Whoo! Oh man. Oh, Blazers right. at Blazers All at right, three. Oh my God! Oh boy! Oh wow! Oh, uh, Shams, ah! Shams just ruined it on Twitter too. Hornets get the number two pick, and I gotta say, it's very exciting for them to. It feels like this was destined for San Antonio to get them. You know, like it, the NBA's wanted it to be Duncan there, like Duncan Part Two there for a long time. It's felt like. Boy, it does not feel great to be that close <laughs> to, to Victor Wembanyama and not get it. Um, I will. So, I, Scoot Henderson. Yeah. Well, so I will say this: like this does set up what I think is going. to... I think the next month's actually going to be like kind of annoying because the Miller versus Scoot debate is it's like is an, yeah, yeah, and it's already like it's already been in kind of a weird position. Like both guys have like fanboys. Both guys are awesome prospects. Like I prefer Scoot overall, but Miller is incredible. Um, even with you know some of the the off the off court uh, concerns from this season, but um, yeah, Scoot Henderson, like one of the elite elite guard prospects that we've seen the last decade, two decades. Like a special athlete at the guard position is in that class with guys like Morant. Westbrook, Rose, like these elite burst, elite first step, and he can play. I would suggest to anyone that's interested, and you can definitely find the find the highlights on YouTube. When he and Victor played those two exhibition games out in Vegas back last October before Scoot got hurt in the first game, go watch those two guys duel. Watch what Scoot Anderson did in that game. It's everything and more that you could want from a point guard lead guard prospect um again i know the defense is a bit of a liability he did not shoot it well for g league ignite Mm -hmm. season so i I hear the concerns um and i get some of the positional concerns with um with he and Lamelo, but uh but no i would still be very i I still think there's a world where those guys actually complement one each one another and i just think uh henderson's younger and a better prospect (laughs) than brandon miller so well, yeah. Well, a, a few things, and then we got some um, comments I'd like to get to as well. But you know, I, I think it it does immediately make the free agency picture more clear, right? Like you need to go get 
two-way cheap utility wings in you know in my opinion i mean you know mark williams and nick richards you know you feel pretty good about the five spot uh you feel pretty good about protecting the rim you know if you're drafting scoot henderson we don't know what's going to happen but we're assuming you know under this exercise that is what's going to happen you need wings that can guard and if that means guys that don't bring a lot offensively i think it's okay bg um, with a young Scoot Henderson. Um, and I know we have a contract with Amelo coming up sooner rather than later, but like it does make the the free agency picture pretty clear. Any comments on that? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, they need to, I do think getting a guy like Cody Martin back healthy, that helps, but no, especially with a guy like McDaniels out the door, like you've, you, you've got to find another, another wing that can give you some, um, some spot up shooting and some, some defense. Um, in, in yeah. I, I, like I like McGowan's and I and I think he's a guy that could maybe play that role, but I think he's a guy that you kind of want with the ball a little bit more, or at least at this stage, you're trying to see if there's something there. Um, and and I think Bryce's defense is still a bit of a mystery. James Booknight is not that player, obviously. Like we we know that. Um, so no, I I would be very much in in on them doing that and again i think having cody martin come back that helps with that um a little bit some other stuff i would say i'm just pulling up my notes of uh of brandon miller here um because this is a guy that we're gonna scout pretty heavily has like the archetypal like frame for a wing right six nine long smooth moves really well um, you can really see the upside for him as a shooter, the shot versatility, the three ball that he has. Um, he shot 38% from deep this year at Alabama on a ton of volume. He shot, um, I think, close to 86% from the line. So there's a lot of reasons to buy him as a shooter going forward. And again, with hit, hit the high release, it's just easy to project him and that jumper translating to the NBA. Um, and look, Miller, I think if you're taking him at two, obviously you're hoping that he's a guy that can play with the ball, but like, I suppose there's another pathway for Brandon Miller where he, where he just becomes like a three and D type guy, right? If, if he hits a, a you know, maybe a lower outcome of his, but, um, quick release on the jumper comfortable with both hands. He can pass on the move coming off pin downs in transition, pick and roll. Um, I, I do like some of his passing and in, in decision-making, um, has some craft, like has a nice little hesitation move. Um, and he plays like he plays hard and competes, tries to get rebounds. But for him, and he improved finishing at the rim as the season went along, but that's going to be a bit of a red flag for him is the, the, the pop around the basket, the finishing package around the basket, and his ability to sort of like create space for step backs and shooting one-on-one like that. It's this, it's the space creation and it's the downhill finishing, which again, it got better as the season went along, but um, it, it is something that you're going to have to monitor uh, with Miller because like, that's probably one. Those are probably some of the things that would unlock him as like a potential superstar or perhaps like lower uh, his overall ceiling and sort of like push him into being more of like a, a three and D shooter type. BG, what do you think about the Paul George comp? Do you think that that, that he never gets to that level of smoothness, just self creation, almost like effortless kind of scoring? Or it's, like it's hard. Like so, my answer to that would be 
would just I'll take I'll say no because I think those are the odds are better than that. Like Paul George has been, you know, a top top 10, 15 player in the NBA for a, a you know a decade now. And mm-hmm. it's just I think it's tough for a guy to look at someone like Brandon Miller. And this, by the way, this happened four years ago with Cam Reddish at Duke. Uh, not not an identical prospect to Brandon Miller, but like he too is getting the Paul George and T Mac comparisons. I just think you got to be a little careful not only with comps, but like comping a guy to like the best version of his archetype, you know, and just being like, yeah, if if he hits the, if he hits the 95th or better percentile, you know, outcome, then yeah, then he's, then, then, then he's Paul George. And that's, that's amazing, but that's, that's, that's hard to do. So I I would say if I had to, like, I would just say no, because I think there's, uh, it's hard to become as good as someone like Paul George, you know. But but uh, but obviously he's got like he's got the frame and some of the shot making upside and some of the defensive chops to to make you to make you think that that uh, outcome is a possibility. So when we're in the draft room, we're in the war room. It's split 50 percent wants wants Brandon, the other fifty wants a draft skew. <laughs> and and I I think we're on the same side. We both like Scoot's mm-hmm. upside a little bit more. What what what's your case in a, in a paragraph? Yeah, like for, why, why is Scoot the better pick for here? Scoot? I just I think ultimately the thought is you need this team needs someone that can pressure the rim. They need a guy that can crack a defense with a dribble, can get downhill, can draw help. Lamelo is awesome. He's a great 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 young player. But like, what is the biggest hole missing in his game? And it is constantly his ability to get downhill, to bend defenses, to finish at the rim, to finish through contact. And Charlotte needs someone that they can come up, run, pick, and roll, and that guy's going to be able to penetrate, slash, and kick, get to the rim, because that's that's layups, that's dunks, that's putbacks, that's free throws. And they need someone like that. So that would that would be my sell on someone like Scoot Henderson. It's just it's not often that you're going to be able to draft an 18-year-old that has this kind of ability to create advantages and and get to the rim. And he can pass. Like, he's not... This guy's not just like a maniacal downhill driver without control. Like he's got some poise and and some like, you know, I think presence in the lane to his game too. But that that would be my my pitch. What do you what do you think about that? No, I, I like it. Um I do wonder, you know, because the way you just presented that was more of like a, a fit case and less of a I think this prospect's better better than this prospect. Which I'm not saying that's exactly. What I do think meant. he's I mean, better. To be clear, I do think Scoot is a better prospect. Than, I, I know. Yeah. I know. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I think the way this league is moving, I'd rather have the guy. To your point, that that's going to be able to get past his defender, eight times, nine times out of ten, um, and not not require a cross screen with ten seconds left on the shot clock in the short post and now we've got the matchup we want. Now we're going to work. Like I'd rather have the guy that can just go at it with 20 seconds on the shot clock. Right. Yeah. And then we yeah. play out of that, you know, so th- there's, there's a lot of value in that. So I don't know what I'm missing with scoot. Like I, part of me and I don't want to like, now that the Hornets have the number two pick, I, <laughs> I, I'm not bringing this up now, but I have said to myself for a while, you know, actually what pick I'd not really want to have in this draft it's number one. I'm not saying I'm not saying that women Yama is going to be a bust. It's not what I'm saying at all. But there's some there's some stuff to figure out with him. There there and there's also like and I mean I know Scoot has dealt with some injuries pre draft too. But like I 
for someone that is Victor's size, I mean, look, I hope he plays 82 games for the next 18 seasons, right? Sure. But I'm just talking about like decision, basketball IQ, decision making, like all this stuff. Like it, it's not going to happen overnight. Like he's kind of being built. Yeah. In my opinion. And, and I mean, it's been cool for him. It's been cool for Victor with Met 92. Like he's been able to like explore the studio space this season, right? And he's been able yeah. to like initiate yeah. offense and they've given him the green light on on shooting the ball from multiple levels on the floor and they've done the same thing defensively and he's been in obviously like he's a amazing amazing rim protector amazing defender yeah so uh in 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 met 92 has been an elite defense uh, in this season so they've given him some of that creative freedom my guess is like it's good that he's gotten those reps but certainly like some of that will have to be probably at some point in time, I mean, I don't think it'll be next season necessarily with San Antonio, but like, uh, because hopefully San Antonio would give him plenty of runway to just see what that guy's capable of doing. But, um, you know, he's going to have to get stronger. He has the last two seasons. He'll have to get stronger. He'll have to make better decisions. He'll have to kind of like figure out, like, I think ultimately like where his like kind of go-to offensive stuff is, is going to, is going to be and live. Um, he has the ability to score from a lot of different areas, which is exciting, but, um, you know, is he going to be a purely like a play finisher? Is he a guy that you can throw the ball to like Giannis style eventually? And he's going to be able to face up and ISO and, and slash like that type of stuff. So uh, Chris Bailey would scoot affect bringing Dennis Smith Jr. back. I think that's a pretty good question. I would say exactly the opposite. I think it would uh, incentivize mm-hmm. bringing DSJ back. BG, what do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, you still have Scoot as, or you would still have DSJ as a defensive-minded, you know, utility guard, mm-hmm. um, and someone that could help out your bench unit. You could play him with Lamelo in some hybrid lineups. Um, no, my thought would be for someone like Dennis, like he wants to be in Charlotte. My guess is the Hornets would want him back, and assuming that the price is right, uh, it just seems like a that absolutely this guy should be back regardless of who the second pick is. I mean, maybe you could say like, uh, you know, you've got now two sort of like six, two guards or whatever. Like, is mm-hmm. that, you know, some sort of like positional redundancy? I, I, I don't see it like that because they are, they're going to do different things. Um, and Dennis Smith jr. Might help you win some games next season. And is still young and is still improving totally. and is still like an asset. If you can bring him back, the guy like Scoot Henderson might be like an eight-time All Star. Like you know, I just don't. Well, think it, you don't have to make a decision on like those two guys now. Like I don't think Dennis Smith Jr. and Scoot Henderson are like the backcourt of the future for the Hornets. Obviously, no, but, of course not. But yeah, but yeah. but I think there's a reality where those two guys, yeah, could be teammates for for a few seasons if Scoot is the you know is the number two pick. I think um, Charlotte should, regardless, uh, if they picked Brian Geisinger at number two in the NBA draft, I think they should bring DSJ back. Yeah, like, yeah. like, I don't really think it matters who they draft. Like, I, you know, he's the kind of veteran presence this roster needs, and he's probably the one of the best on-ball defenders going into next season off of what we saw last year in the league. Yeah, yeah. From, from the point of attack? The monster. I think he – He's one of the best, yeah. you know, so like it's a no brainer. You can't yeah. just let him walk for nothing. Yeah. And um, uh, what I would also say too, Keith has asked in the comments, how do scoot and, and mellow play together? What I would mm-hmm. say real quickly is if you want a longer form version of this answer, we d- Lee and I recorded a pod on this about six months ago about the hypothetical, uh, <laughs> a scoot Henderson, Lamelo ball fit. So maybe we can 
uh, dig that up and tweet it out or Resurface if you want to go back yeah. to the archives, go for it too. It, it wasn't, it was last October, September, something like that. What I would say is if you, if one, we've seen LaMelo play in offenses where he, he's been like part of a ball handling core, you know, playing with Devonte Graham or Malik Monk or Gordon Hayward or, or Miles Bridges. So it's not like he's one of those guys that I think uh, is absolutely glued to being like playing pure heliocentric basketball and in fact, like I don't think he's the player that that you want to be, you know, set up to play heliocentric basketball around. That doesn't mean you wouldn't there wouldn't be some some awkwardness and some overlap with those two, and maybe some angst if you're trying to give Scoot some some more of the ball handling reps. But the pitch is this: Scoot's a guy that creates advantage. He gets downhill. Lamelo with his shooting, we've talked about it how many times on the pod. An excellent spot mm-hmm. up shooter, an excellent relocation shooter. So all of a sudden, your spacing gets better. And not only that, is LaMelo going to be free to roam as a spot-up shooter? Spencer, how good is this guy as like a, a connective passer, making the extra pass, making like you could see Scoot Henderson bending the defense, kicking out to LaMelo ball in the slot, and LaMelo, you know, whips a no-look pass into the corner for a wide-open well, PJ3. Like it's just, it's so, it's so obvious to, to see it. And then when LaMelo has the ball, I mean, I know Scoot's shot isn't there yet, but he moves really, really well without the ball. He's a big-time cutter for a guard. He can get on the glass a little bit, and I just think the shot will get better because um, I think it has yeah. to. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you nailed it. I, I, imagining Scoot and LaMelo together, the first thing that comes to my mind is you, as LaMelo, as not in every possession, but in, in many possessions, let's say, 40% more possessions, you make him kind of a secondary guy mm-hmm. with so when he catches it to your point, he's catching it at, at an advantage, which makes his pass so much more dangerous than when the whole defense is glued in on him, right? Yeah. And he's such a genius, high IQ passer. You know, di- different conversation for a different day on a different podcast. But um, you know, I do wonder though, from a usage standpoint you know these two sharing the ball i think it can happen yeah. and i'm not saying lamello you know but that that is going to be something for steve clifford or whoever the coach is long term to figure out because i don't think it's going to be as simple as like us imagining all these great situations of how this will work yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. these yeah. both of these guys want the ball right yeah and that that is going to be something to navigate um but lamello attacking a secondary advantage situation is like yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's as good as it gets in the league. Yeah. Especially how he's blossomed as a shooter. Yeah. To your point. And, and also, LaMelo, you want to shoot 12 threes a game? That's fine. Let's make seven yeah. of them sp- open spot up threes, though. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, it's like, like the Kimball Walker conversation yeah. all over again. Yeah. If we could get somebody that, remember how good he became? I mean, yeah. he's not six, seven, but he became really good as yeah. an off ball shooter. Exactly. Exactly. And look, look, maybe, who knows? Like, I, I am not enough to Lamelo's camp to know this like maybe it would be like a non-starter like you know what i mean and if that's yeah. the case well then the hornets have another like it i don't think that there's lots of leverage there yeah there's lots of leverage and i there. just don't think that yep. automatically means what well, we have to draft you have to draft brandon miller you know what i mean like i i don't to- totally there's a lot of levers there's yep. a couple conversations to have and there's still a lot of levers to pull so um i wouldn't that, i'm not there yet bg you know? I'm glad you said that because I think it's a, I think it's an undercurrent. And if that were to be the case, the exact situation you just laid out, it's a blessing for the Hornets to have this pick now, mm-hmm. right before 
these negotiations yeah. start because yeah. the Hornets, before even talking about that potential max extension, can send a very clear message by drafting the best player. Yeah. Yep. Who we've talked about. Yeah. Yep. It, uh, Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, <laughs> I hear you loud and clear, and I'm, I'm hopeful most of our listeners are uh, are uh, yeah. you know re- you know reading with you know listening between the lines or whatever there. So yeah. Um. Well, look, I know you need to run. So I, I suppose we can um, go ahead and, and wrap up here. So please make sure to rate and review on Apple Podcast or you know wherever else you listen to uh, podcasts. Those give us a five star ratings. We love reading those. They make us feel good and they also help us out with algorithm type things. So again, we really really do appreciate that. Of course, if you haven't already, please check out Buzzbeat Plus Buzzbeat at substack.com for ad free and early access to episodes plus some written bonus content you know richie put a lot of time and effort into these um end of year player grades that we that sort of like worked alongside some of the pods that he and i did that he and lee did another one and richie did some solo pods sort of closing out uh putting a coda on the uh, 22 2023 season and what a year it was <laughs> for the Hornets electric things on the court, but it ended it. Look, the last couple of months, the Hornets played good ball and it does feel like they kind of got rewarded for it a little bit. Like the team that didn't give up and they kept playing, they kept competing throughout the season. And here they are. I mean, it, it does stink to get a little close that close to Victor Wimbenyama and not land it, but the number two pick and the chance of Scoot Henderson, who would be my pick or Brandon Miller, um, or one of the Thompson twins, Amen Thompson, most likely. Like th- these are really interesting ideas and, and guys that the Hornets are gonna have to get in and get in the door and start evaluating pretty seriously. So glad that they were able to move up two slots here. Um, so an eventful draft lottery night. Um, Spencer, it's wonderful getting to see you and, and talk ball with you. It's been too long. Uh, Lee, we miss not having you. Uh, here richie thank you for producing this one as usual and and everyone who chimed in on twitter spaces or in the comments here uh thank you for interacting with us we're gonna have a lot more draft content and off-season content coming the next six to eight to ten weeks because this this off-season got a little more intriguing uh tonight with the hornets moving up and in 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 grabbing the number two pick they also have number 27 they have pick 34 uh, pick 39, and then I think maybe pick 41 as well in the second round. So we'll see if they keep all those picks, but some stuff to work with this offseason uh, for the Hornets. So thank you for listening to BuzzBeat. We will see you next time. Uh, go Hornets. Go Hornets.